Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On tonight's episode, we are going to be giving you some updates from Olympic ice hockey for the women's teams. Uh, We have a couple of really good games that have concluded over the past couple of days, and uh, I'll give you some score updates. But I also would highly recommend you check out Locked On NHL for all of the latest Olympic updates from some of our wonderful colleagues who are there right now. After that, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the recent NHL news and uh, stuff that's been happening around the league. Some of it will carry a warning for uh, a trigger warning for sexual assault and harassment, but it won't be anything detailed, just more general discussion about some of the events that have taken place and uh, some of the the stuff that's been happening in response from teams like the Blackhawks and uh, some of the organizations around them. Closing it out, we will be previewing the uh, next game against the Minnesota Wild, which will be taking place Tuesday night. I actually won't have a recap of that game um, on Wednesday just because I will actually be out, so I'll have to miss Tuesday's game, but I'll give you any thoughts I can if I'm able to catch some highlights and maybe talk about the overall scoreline and what we might expect heading into this uh, first two weeks of February. We'll be covering all of this and more coming right up. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey folks, welcome back. I hope y'all are staying warm out wherever you are. Uh, It's currently a little bit on the chillier side right now, but I think a lot of other places have experienced quite varying degrees of uh, inclement weather. I understand that Winnipeg right now has kind of been buried under a bit of an avalanche of sorts. A lot of snow, some really crazy fires, so just hope y'all are staying safe out there. Stay warm, uh, stay inside if you can. And hope you all are doing well as we get started for, you know, the, the first couple of months of 2022. Before we kick off this episode, just wanted to shout out BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Stay tuned till later in this episode to hear more about BetOnline's great offerings and why they should be one of your number one choices for all of your online betting needs. Now, uh, before we talk about some of the NHL stuff, I thought I'd cover a little bit about the women's hockey that's currently underway at the Olympics. Obviously, there have been some very interesting results so far. The first couple of games have been played out. I haven't been able to catch a lot of it just because, unfortunately, the broadcast times are very strange hours of the day for us. Obviously, it's like, you know, 12 hours ahead, so it is a little bit difficult to time it just right. But I was able to catch the tail end of China versus Denmark the other day. That game was super interesting. You know, a lot of these nations are are basically new arrivals to women's hockey, and they really haven't fielded uh, particularly notable competitive programs up until now. So I think a lot of people are, like, you know, questioning some of the quality of the teams. We had an article, I think, in the Toronto Sun or something, maybe it was another newspaper, that basically said women's hockey doesn't belong at the Olympics because you've got Canada and, you know, the U.S. dominating, right? And no one else is competitive. And yet, I see some of these great games and what we're actually witnessing with the growth of these programs. And to me, it's a very clear testament of the growth of the game that, you know, you encourage more women to take part. If you just remove it from the Olympics completely, 
This takes away one of the most visible, most notable events where women's hockey is played. What else are they really going to have? You've got a couple of pro leagues, you've got the college circuits, but if you want to put more eyeballs on this this sport and really show how it can grow and recruit a lot of younger players to join and really develop their skill sets so that they can one day play for some of these teams, you have to have it at the Olympics. There's no other question. China versus Denmark was an amazing game that ended on absolute heartbreak for Denmark. You know, there was a, a turnover within the last minute or so of the game. Denmark was gassed, China was gassed, but the turnover created a last-second counter that allowed China to score the game-winning goal with, like, about, you know, 30 or 40 seconds left. If you take that away, it just removes, for me, one of the more exciting tournaments in all of the Olympics. I feel like women's hockey, even though it does often see a dominant country like the U.S. or Canada take gold, to even have that representation is really important, and I think a lot of these nations that are just starting to form their programs and really try and find a way to become more competitive, we should be celebrating and encouraging that. I think that's a really good thing to see, and the, the continued growth of the sport, you know, I, I think is only something that's healthier for everyone involved. Throughout this tournament, I think a lot of people have been surprised by some of the results. You've got Japan beating Denmark 6-2. to Japan, I think, played China pretty recently. Um, no, actually, they played Sweden the other day, and they dominated Sweden and won 3-1. So them beating Denmark is not super shocking, but I think it's just really highlighting how good this Japanese program has become. And again, you know, the spotlight on some non-traditional hockey markets continues to grow. We also saw the Czech Republic beating Sweden 3-1. It's been a very tough start for Sweden. I, I think this is another program that may be expected a bit better, but is still relatively in the younger stages. The same can be said for Finland. You know, you've got a couple of other nations that are traditionally hockey powerhouses in men's hockey, but in, uh, you know, women's hockey, they're still trying to catch up and, and really work on the development of their athletes. Uh, Finland, unfortunately, met Canada and fell 11-1. to All of these games, though, I think serve as really important learning opportunities, and you can kind of see what you need to work on to develop a, a stronger program and where resources should be placed. Um, but of course, right now, the U.S. and Canada just continue to march to the likely gold medal game. Unless there are some really crazy upsets, that seems like the most likely clash. Uh, the U.S. ended up seeing Russia off 5 nothing, and then beat Switzerland today 8 nothing. But we also saw China and Japan play uh, yesterday, and China actually beat Japan 2-1. to So these two nations look like they're going to have a really fun competitive rest of the tournament. I think both of them are going to be vying for, you know, one of the latter qualifying knockout rounds. Russia, Finland, and, you know, Denmark, along with Switzerland, they might be in a little bit over their heads right now, but I think they're going to keep fighting, and, and one of these teams maybe can try and push for a spot. But it remains to be seen who is actually going to emerge from behind the U.S. and uh, Canada to really make an interesting knockout round and maybe give us one of the more surprising upsets. We're going to continue to track the score lines and see what happens throughout the rest of the tournament. It's continuing on today, tomorrow, and for the rest of the week. I'm honestly pretty excited about it. I would love to see some uh, metal games coming up here pretty soon, which I believe should start towards the end of the week this coming Friday, it looks like. And then we'll have you know some quarterfinals and hopefully some really intense games as the men also get their games underway. Make sure you're following Locked On NHL for all of the most up-to-date Olympic updates, though. We have some wonderful colleagues out that way who are watching some of the games and reporting every day. So again, subscribe to Locked On NHL, both on your favorite podcasting platform and YouTube, so you'll never miss out on another Olympic story.
Speaking of stories and the most late-breaking news, up next I wanted to talk about something that is a little bit more sobering and very important. We'll talk about uh, some of the sexual harassment and assault allegations that continue to pour out of the Blackhawks and some of the organization's reactions to this in just a little bit. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about Bilt Bar and why they're the best-tasting protein bars on the market. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your New Year's plans. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked on NFL. It's Super Week brought to you by GetUpside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in LA all week covering the big game, so be sure to follow all three shows and stay up to date on all of the latest happenings around the Super Bowl. Now, uh, folks, uh, again, I am going to give a bit of a content warning here just for sexual assault and harassment. Obviously, I'm not going to go into great detail about everything, but um, it does concern the Blackhawks again, so. If you struggle with this conversation, obviously it might be a good idea to pan ahead a few minutes, but, you know, I wanted to talk about, ultimately, the stuff that came out over the weekend. We found out, for one thing, that I think one of the head athletic trainers or something was fired for sexual harassment, um, and this actually occurred last year in October or November, which, you know, is, is pretty recent. The incident happened in 2014, but it was reported last October, around the time that, of course, all of the stuff around the Blackhawks continued to make headlines, and I think it's just really empowering a lot of victims to start speaking up. But all of this kind of led to a really strange thing that happened. There was some kind of press conference with the um, Blackhawks organization, as well as a, a, me- a number of members of the media, and the ownership was there as well. And the owner, Rocky Wirtz, was asked about the, the Kyle Beach allegations and what exactly was the plan going forward. But Rocky's response was basically to say, we're not going to talk about that. This is, you know, the present and eventually the future. We're just not going to discuss that. That's in the past. And when Mark Lazarus, who I believe is from The Athletic, continued to press the matter, you know, Rocky basically shut him down and insulted him in front of everyone and basically talked down to every single fan who continues to have questions about what exactly is going on with this investigation, what the Blackhawks plan to do to address it, and how organizationally they're going to change for the better. What's really baffling about all of this, and, and I, I know I shouldn't be surprised, but thinking about how the organization has reacted and not really taken any sort of accountability for what's happened, it's kind of incredible. You know, Rocky and the way that he reacted just shows that at the top, they really haven't changed. 
They haven't learned from anything. And it's embarrassing. I mean, this is one of the worst moments I've seen in a press conference in professional sports, maybe ever. I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like this reaction. You know, I've seen really bad interviews, certainly, and some things that were said that maybe people would end up regretting later on. But this, the contempt that came from Wurtz and his reaction to how people were questioning the whole handling of the Kyle Beach situation... It's just remarkable for all of the wrong reasons, and honestly, it does make me worry at times for the Jets' ownership, too. You know, I, I don't know what skeletons they do or don't have in the closet. I'm under no illusions about, you know, professional sports ownership teams in general. I, I generally assume that most of them are not particularly great, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets had some involvement in something that also wasn't good. But, like, at the very least, when you're addressing the public and you're under fire for a particular situation... The bare minimum that you could do is express some sort of, I don't know, apologeticness or or maybe a little bit of empathy for the situation. And yet Rocky just showed that, again, he had no intention of doing that. And, you know, Mark Shipman, uh, when he gave his press conference with Kevin Sheveldayoff after the allegations about Sheveldayoff came up when, you know, they were questioning the involvement of Chevy in the Beach case, at least Shipman had a very... I would say regretful demeanor. I, I think that he was very sympathetic towards the situation, but you know, the ultimate response was to stand by your guy. And I felt like the whole point of all of this was to talk about what changes would really start. And while I don't think that they could say anything specifically during that conference, because the league hadn't stepped in and really advised on it yet, or they were, they were, you know, advising everyone to hold off and, and not say anything quite yet. It's still troubling that we're several months on and we really haven't, heard, you know, uh, wholesale changes about how to change the culture. You know, Chipman said something like, I, I trust my people, I have to have some trust in them. And that's part of the problem is it creates this environment where people don't want to speak up. And, you know, they will abuse power or become victims of abuse under these power structures. And I know that's not what Chipman is intending at all. But that is the reality of what happens in situations like this. I think the Hawks and the way that their ownership has responded is a very clear indication of just how much culture change is is really needed and ultimately how much is probably not going to happen. For Chicago to act so defiantly from the top down is just incredible really. It's 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 disheartening, it's disturbing and it's just baffling. I I don't really know how else to describe it. I'm very troubled by it. And you know the NHL's silence after that was deafening. I mean, the league did not know how to respond for at least a day or so. Um, and I, I just, I don't know where we go from here. I mean, it's it's evident that so much has to change, and yet the power structures that exist to support all of these terrible conditions don't really seem interested in uh, you know averting course or even making adjustments. So we're gonna have to keep this this situation closely monitored. Obviously, if something changes, I'll I'll talk about it on the show. You know, our Locked On Chicago Blackhawks podcast has done great episodes on what has happened. Um, and certainly the Locked On NHL podcast has had some really good roundtables. So I highly encourage you to check those out if you haven't already. They have some really great thoughts on what has been an unbelievably complicated situation. But yeah, you know, all I can hope for is that change is coming and that things will turn around for the better. But you know, the NHL and the way that its owners interact with the public, it's not giving me a lot of confidence. People talk about wanting to grow the sport and then, you know, allowing all of this to happen, and it's just, 
It's dispiriting. It serves as a sobering reminder of how much we still have left to, to work on and do in order to get hockey into a much healthier state for everyone involved. That is all that I'm going to say on the matter, though. I've, I've talked about it before, and a lot of my other co-hosts have had some really wonderful thoughts, so again, I encourage you to check out their podcasts as well. To close out tonight's show, I did want to spend some time talking and previewing about uh, the upcoming Jets game against the Minnesota Wild. We'll get to that in just a moment. But like I said earlier at the start of this podcast, I did want to let you know a little bit about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vesna trophy? Log into BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. We're closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on the upcoming game against the Minnesota Wild. For the Jets, this is... I don't know if it's really important at this rate. I think Winnipeg more or less is out of a playoff spot. I don't really see um, a scenario in which this is going to change a lot. But, you know, Winnipeg does need some kind of a morale boost. I think this team has has kind of been in the gutters. And honestly, I, I think this season has really gone off the rails to the point where, you know, a lot of people are probably pretty pissed, and I think the players are too. You know, the the way that Paul Stastny has been speaking, um, certainly a lot of the guys around the room don't seem all that thrilled. Mark Shifley's body language continues to not look great. The coaching staff doesn't really seem to have a lot of answers. And, like, even the Winnipeg media has been skewering the, the team a little bit more than usual, so... It definitely seems like things are about to change again. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I don't think Lowry is going to be the head coach heading into next year. I, I could see them waiting until summer to try and find a replacement, but at least for this season, this is going to be the only run that I think he really has unless they honestly can't find anyone better. I do think they have a genuine candidate sitting there with a moose, though. You know, Manitoba just won another game. They're like 24-11-3 or 4, uh, and, and despite what really amounts to a skeleton crew throughout much of the season, this team just keeps finding ways to win. Sure, you could say tonight's win in a shootout is, is certainly a little bit fortunate, but they were 1-1, and they uh, ended up winning on the 12th round of the shootout. Bear Dean seems like he's really finding his groove. The offense is generally clicking despite all of the absences. This is just a team that, you know, remains one of the top squads in the AHL and is generally outplaying the competition, despite fielding players who would probably be more at home in the ECHL. I really think Mark Morrison deserves some kind of a look at some point. You know, you saw Toronto do it with Sheldon Keefe, and look, it actually turned out pretty well. Keefe certainly has his shortcomings as a coach, and at times you really do see it, but overall, I mean, the results speak for themselves. I think the the Leafs play a pretty solid brand of hockey. It fits their philosophy. They are a fast, hard-hitting team with a lot of high-end offensive skill, and there aren't that many things to complain about with the way that they play. 
if Morrison can make that uh, Moose roster really tick and honestly look like a genuine Calder Cup contender, what could he do with the Jets? Could he make them honestly play a better brand of hockey? Could he make the most out of, you know, guys like Cole Perfetti, Billy Heinola, some of the younger prospects who continue to filter in and really want to make an impact at this level? I can't say for sure because I don't know. You know, I, I think anyone would be lying if they could say they uh, could predict the future and see how this pans out. I think in my mind, Morrison maybe has a lot more of the right ideas. And honestly, Heinola's aggression kind of seems to fit in line with how the Moose are playing. So maybe that aggression is something that would be really good for this team. But it also seems like defensively, they're pretty organized. It'd be great to finally have both aspects of the game really filled out for the Jets. And, uh, you know, maybe Morrison is the guy to do it. I can't say that he is 100%, but I am certainly willing to uh, give it a shot and see what happens. Against the Wild, you know, I think this team has a shot at winning, but I don't really know what to expect if the lineups are going to change. I don't know if we're going to see um, Lowry try and reshuffle things. In the past, it hasn't always been great when the line blender has come out, and I think the 5v5 impacts that Lowry has brought, not overly in love with, got to be honest. Defensively, the Jets are a train wreck. Offensively, they're kind of a mixed bag, so... You know, the Wild may not be the toughest team in existence, but this is still one of the upper crust of the Central Division, so the Jets are going to have to be on their best behavior. Hopefully they can scratch out a result or something. I, I at least would like them to, you know, look like they're really fighting and giving it. It just hasn't really been there the past couple of games, and so, you know, we'll see what happens. That one game against the Blues, I thought, was one of the most complete games that they've played this year, and then they went back to all of their bad habits the next game, so... Hopefully they give us something fun to watch. That's pretty much all I'm asking for at this rate. That is going to do it for tonight's episode, though. Uh, if you have any thoughts on how the Jets are really shaping up and what you would do heading into this really busy stretch over the next couple of games, be sure to let me know at HLovingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to do it. Thanks for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your one-stop shop for all of your betting needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Locked on Bets, you can subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. So be sure to do so right now. Thank you for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go.